Everybody, welcome to the Coffee House Conversations podcast, and I'm your host, Amos St. John. Um, you know, I'm so glad to be back with you today. You know, I really had a very busy week, <laughs> and I'll talk about it in a few, but, you know, I really try my hardest to keep this podcast on schedule, but, you know, sometimes life has a way of, of getting a little hectic, but a good hectic. But, you know, it was really uh, tough to kind of get things on schedule this week. But I'm glad I still got it done. And thank you for your patience. I really appreciate it. On, on last week's episode, I was talking a little bit more on leadership and shared three characteristics of a great leader. But today, uh, I really want to talk about an unhealthy cadence. Uh, what, what do you mean by cadence, Amos? Uh, well, Miriam Repster talks about cadence being a rhythmic sequence or flow of sound and language uh, or the beat time or measure of rhythmical motion or activity. Uh, so when you typically hear of the word cadence, you typically associate it to music flow or beat, a drum beat, a, a rapper. Like, you know, I love the cadence of like a rapper like Common, even Black Thought of the Roots. I really like them, their cadences. So we're not referring to that this time. I'm actually talking about cadence from an aspect of life, the perspective and aspect of life cadence. Uh, so when we're dealing with cadence, I'm talking about an unhealthy one. Um, you know, the other day, my wife and I uh, celebrated nine years of wedding bliss. I mean, yes, I'm so glad that I found a good thing. And I am so glad that we are having a great life. Uh, we have navigated through some tough times and we're going through some great moments. And, you know, it hasn't been perfect. But one thing that keeps us going strong uh, and is that we work hard on staying focused towards our goal on all fronts. Uh, we typically, every top of the year, we kind of re re reconvene and talk about uh, what what are we doing for the next year? What are, what are we, where are our, what are our goals for the next five to seven years? Matter of fact, I think I'm going to have her come back and we're going to talk more about that. But we do take time and talk about like, what are our goals? Where, where are we going? And uh, what have we done? And what have we learned from what we've done? And what, 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 what we need to keep going at or what we need to change. Anyways, we have these type of conversations and uh, we always kind of talk through a plan of how, how do we get there. I, and I do believe it's necessary, especially when you have kids. Uh, matter of fact, the whole one of the strongest reasons for us to leave Maryland and to move to Dallas uh, a few years ago was because we wanted to better position us and our daughter and future children uh, prayerfully and, 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 you know, and to have a better quality of life and have a successful and significant life, you know. And so nothing against people who live in Maryland. It, it was just not for us. Uh, we felt that Dallas and the state of Texas was a better fit for where we, we were trying to go. It fits our values, our core values, and, and basically goals. And so uh, Texas was a, a state that better fit that. And so we made that change, and it's been a great change, you know. But I want to speak speak on what, what where I was last year. You know, last year, I talked a little bit about it in last season, 
but it was very challenging and, and it was also very definitive. Um, um, my wife and I were in the process of, of, of buying our second home. We purchased our first home in Maryland, sold it, and it moved to Texas. And we last year closed on this home. But uh, it was tough because you know why? You know, we like to build new builds, not just, you know, pre-existing homes. We like to start from scratch and build from the ground up. So that's the thing we do. So there's a process. It takes about six to nine months to 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 complete the process of building a home uh, from the administrative side, even into the actual physical building. And so uh, on our process last time, uh, you know, we started the process. I had a job. <laughs> then a couple of months into the process, I lost a job. And for any of those who knows about purchasing a home, you have to have employment. You have to have proof of employment in order to close and to prove that you can, uh, can, can pay for a home. And so it got really stressful and challenging because for a good portion of our process, I didn't have a job. And, and, and it was tough, even though all our needs were met, uh, our bills were paid, and we were in a good position financially to, to live. But if you start one way, especially with building, it has to end pretty much the same way. And so it was very stressful uh, for us to, to close. But thankfully, uh, you know, I was able to find some employment and, and get in, in the bright process to, to, to be eligible to close on our home. But it was stressful. Uh, and uh, thankfully, we found a job, and and I was able to get a job, uh, and uh, you know, and 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 really work on our sense of stability, and and uh, have a, a good, healthy family life, and rhythm between home, work, school, and church, and we just wanted that good uh, uh, quality and balance. You know what I mean? Well, initially, it felt great getting this job uh, for this organization. Uh, even though I saw some red flags uh, and that I should have paid more attention to in the beginning process. But, you know, when you're going through all that stress of closing on a home and you finally find a job to help you close on a home, you tend to ignore things. And so I did, uh, knowing that, uh, you know, hey, it, it, there was a bigger picture. So, uh, you know, I went and focused and moved on and closed on a house and we continued on. Uh, and so... Here we are, um, several months later, uh, I finally reached a point where I ended up leaving this job. <laughs> yes, and I talked about it on an earlier episode of my podcast on last season. I believe it was Unbalanced Humility, where I ran into several red flags and was concerned about how I was treated, how I felt, and how, where I was. But there was another side to it that I didn't talk about. Um, uh, I really realized that working there and on top of not feeling that I was being treated right, uh, I was entering into a very unhealthy cadence for me and my family. You know, our environment at home was not as healthy. Uh, I was kind of being reintroduced to some bad, ha healthy, unhealthy habits. And so, uh, I didn't sense that this was the right direction. So, uh, I really want to share three possible signs that may indicate that you're on an unhealthy cadence, like I found out last year. Uh, the first sign is emotional eating. <laughs> I tell you, uh, last year, uh, McDonald's was my friend. 
I tell you, my 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 five year old daughter Gracie loves her little Happy Meals, and you know I indulged along with her <laughs> because I was stressed. I was uh, under a lot of of of, of uh, anxiety, and I was uncomfortable uh, with with what was going on in my my job, which was consuming a lot of my time, uh, and uh, it triggered emotional eating. <laughs> You know, and I tell you, if you're dealing with that type of stress where whether it's your job or situation, you know, you always have to evaluate and find ways to better that quality of life. So you're not falling into the traps of emotional eating. Um, And so if you can't find better, you know, a better option like I did, I ended up walking away from the job. Uh, Many people can't do that. Thankfully, I was able to do that. Uh, you have to find other ways to to deal with that and to better your situation. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But um, according to an article on Psychology Today, it says emotional eating can be a direct result of not being conscious of what or why you're eating. Uh, for me, I was caught up in a, a really bad rhythm of a fast-paced uh, environment uh, filled with anxiety, dysfunction, and disorder. And um, it can't really be anyone else's fault. It's it's my fault. I chose to be in a situation. It's the reality of my life. So I never really pointed any fingers but at me. Uh, and, and with all that was going on last year, you would think, you know, I would have a handle on my health, my fitness and nutrition like I've done in times before. Uh, and I had that under control, but you know, when you're caught up in an unhealthy cadence, you know, uh, you typically lose all prog, all sense of your progress, especially with your health and your fitness and nutrition. Uh, and so, I personally was experiencing weight gain. I lost um, about sixty plus pounds, and I gained it all back because I was in an unhealthy cadence. Uh, because emotional eating <laughs> and lack of exercise, physical activity, uh, like going to the gym, and I found myself uh, just really spiraling out of control. Um, according to WebMD, that everybody goes to, let <laughs> me stop. It talks about seven ways to stop triggers triggers towards emotional eating. The first is talk to a friend. Um, I mentioned about men th- um, seeing a, a, a therapist. You know, if you don't have someone to talk to, like for me, I'm in a new city, new town. I don't have all my close brothers. Uh, thank God for FaceTime and text messages. And we do that and we check on each other weekly. But it's not the same thing of having someone to really sit there and talk to. So if you don't have a friend, you know, I always, always say, hey, get, get a therapist. Find someone that you can trust and feel safe around and talk to. A second thing they say, read a book or magazine or listen to some music. Uh, the third thing that it says on this article, it says, go for a walk or a jog. Uh, and then the fourth thing and talk about meditate or do deep breathing exercises. And I, you know, I wish, I wish this, uh, company would give me sponsor, sponsor me because I was recently introduced to, uh, the app on my phone called calm. It's an app and it works wonders. It's a great meditating, uh, breathing, deep breathing exercises. It's a very resourceful app that I've been using that helps me even to get my day started. And I'm even considering getting into yoga and that's a whole nother conversation. Anyways, uh, number five, play a game. Uh, my wife and I really like, you know, the games like she she introduced me to this new game, uh, Spades. You know, we play Spades and there's a Spades uh, app game. And so we do that to kind of just just pass time to distract us, a healthy distraction. Uh, number six, do housework 
laundry, yard work, you know, stuff to kind of keep you uh, focused off of your triggers, you know, and then or write number seven, write a, an email or a journal. I journal. And so uh, when you find yourself off your cadence in an unhealthy cadence, a lot of these things you don't tend to lean on. You find you tend to go the opposite direction. So really, once you figure out that you're falling into this, this unhealthy cadence and you start emotionally eating and getting to your comfort foods and all that crazy stuff, it's very important to find those seven things. Talk to a friend, read a book, or listen to music, go for a walk, a jog, meditate. Do deep breathing, play a game or something, PS4 or anything, do housework, you know, or even write a journal. And so uh, I tell you, when I finally got a handle on, on this emotional eating thing, uh, I realized I was like, I felt so bad. Like, how did I get so off course? I felt so bad. But you know what? You realize life is life. You got to learn from these mistakes and move forward. <laughs> And so let's talk about a second possible sign of an unhealthy life cadence. Um, and I call, I, 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 this one is very important. Uh, an, a second sign is lack of quality sleep. Um, in a few weeks, you know, I'm, I'm turning 40. Uh, and it's beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, but now I'm really coming to the realization of how important quality rest is. Um, you know, there was a time in my life when I was younger, you know, I may sleep a couple of hours, three, four hours and get up and have a real productive day. <laughs> but now if I don't get enough rest, uh, my day is moving in slow motion. <laughs> I am not getting nothing done. And I find myself, uh, catering to more of those high energy drinks or caffeine, high sugar drinks. And that's not healthy, especially for your heart health. <laughs> and so, once you get in that cycle of living without quality and restful sleep, you know, you'll find yourself with those, those with some problems. And so, especially the older you get, uh, on an online article on medical news today, it says, although occasional sleep interruptions are generally no more than a nuisance, ongoing lack of sleep can lead to excessive daytime sleepiness emotional difficulties, poor job performance, obesity, and a lowered perception of quality of life. Oh boy. I can really, really attest to a lot of that. And uh, ever since I became aware of my unhealthy life cadence and where I wasn't getting good sleep, I wasn't eating right, you know, I really worked hard uh, on reversing these bad habits, uh, especially with the weight gain I, I acquired during this time. Uh, but you know what? No matter how hard I exercised, no matter how hard I was eating right, if I am not getting a good night's rest, uh, that weight is not going to come off quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, you will not experience that, that uh, a significant change or progress if you're not getting a quality night's rest. And so you make, make sure you get your rest. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so important for your mental and your physical uh, health uh, to make sure that you rejuvenate and be refreshed so that you can live your full and best life. You know what I mean? Uh, here's, here's a final possible sign that you're uh, in an unhealthy cadence in your life. You can't seem to unplug. <laughs> you know... A couple episodes also, I talked about FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, I believe it was in, on the comparison game. 
uh, I talked about the FOMO, the fact that we are fear, we are so addicted to our, our our devices, our cell phones, our technology, and we're constantly influenced about what's going on on social media. We got to be there. We got to be there. We can't unplug. You know what I'm saying? I, to even dig deeper into that, you know, if you're living at a very unhealthy cadence in your life where you're not eating right, you're not sleeping right, you know, you start your perception is shift. And you start, you won't realize how, how your thought process is affected by, 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 by your, your, the way you think and your way you, uh, you, you operate and you find yourself in a low place. Uh, and you find yourself comparing yourself to others who you may think are better in place than you are, you know, experience, you start experiencing low self-esteem, jealousy, envy, uh, anger, sadness, depression, anxiety. Those are very common when you're dealing with an unhealthy cadence in your life. Those are, those are just really great indicators that you're not in a good rhythm in your life. You need to get in a better rhythm. And so the best way to reverse uh, is to unplug. Unplug. Uh, turn that phone off. Get off that TV. Uh, stay out of environments that are like triggering these bad habits. It's so important to detach uh, from those elements uh, for periods of time, uh, uh, whether they're short time or long periods of time, because when you detach, it allows you to reset and to refocus. On an article on Forbes.com, the writer says that disconnecting from digital devices gives us an opportunity to reconnect with ourselves and be more intentional with how we spend our time. It's not about simply regaining time in our lives, but instead repurposing that time with things that fill us with meaning. Whew. I didn't realize how bad, badly out of shape I was. Um, I had a lot of great things and I still have a lot of great things going on in my life, but I was really headed down and spiraling down a really dangerous path, especially with my health. Thankfully, I reconnected with myself and realized that I was like totally out of sync and I needed a reboot. Um, and for me, my reboot, part of that process was to leave the job that was triggering all this anxiety and depression and all the stress. And uh, I was, it was leading me to the emotional eating, the lack of quality sleep. And it was, le it was leading me to not being able to unplug. Now, I'm very careful how I say this because um, this, this whole leaving a job thing, it may be in an ex something totally extreme for many of us. But for me, uh, I had to do the necessary inventory in my life. And I realized that I deserved better. I can do better. And I, I, I took the, the major risk of stepping out and doing something better. And I am in a much better place. I work for a much better organization that treats me that, that I feel like I'm a better fit for. And, and if I didn't make that change, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. And so it's a risk, but it's a, it was a very calculated, I was, my family was involved and I took that, that risk and, it, and it's worth it. <laughs> now, that was for me. Now, I cannot say this would be the same thing for you. Your reboot may be something simpler, maybe something different, not as extreme as leaving the job. Maybe it is you need to leave and get a better job. But don't just do something drastic without calculating and realizing the risk that you take because there's always a great risk in there. There's a, a, a risk that it may not go be so great. But I'm so glad I did.
because life is not easy. Um, the older you get, the more or even less money that you make can possibly uh, challenge the quality of your life. But it's important that you take time to reconnect with yourself, to see if you're moving and or living in a healthy cadence. Um, it's also important to make necessary changes in the event that you are not, they're not in a healthy cadence. Uh, once you realize that you're on an, an unhealthy cadence, it's important to be self-aware, be honest, be bold, and stand for what makes you happy, makes you fulfilled, and live at peace. And so, again, I am so glad I made those adjustments. A year later, I am in a much healthier space, place, and I am doing the necessary things to live I have a higher quality of life. As I turn 40, you know, I, I, I realize that, you know, there's, there's changes in the way you eat, the way you move, the way you sleep, the way you operate, because, you know, you're in a different stage in life. And, you know, I know the older people who may listen be like, boy, you don't know nothing. Wait till you're 60. Wait till you're 55. Wait till you're 70. But, you know, yeah, every stage in life requires a different adjustment. And so it's good to be self-aware and reconnect with yourself to no one to make the necessary adjustments, you know? So I really hope this really helps you uh, to become more aware uh, of triggers, of things that may lead you to an unhealthy cadence in your life and what steps you need to take to get out of that unhealthy cadence and move into a more healthier rhythm and cadence in your life. You know, and I really appreciate you tuning in. And thank you so much uh, for tuning into this episode of Coffee House Conversations podcast. And uh, until next time, I really hope you have a great day.